conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. And Allison Carter. And what day is it? Well, if you had a calendar, you would know. I have been working on calendars all day, let me tell you. I've been up to my eyeballs in content calendars, actually. And that's what we're going to talk about this week, which is content calendars that drive your blog, drive your marketing. Yeah, one of the things that people really ignore in their businesses is seasonality. And I have yet to find a business of any kind that does not have seasonal cycles. We see it here at Roundpeg, where right now at the beginning of the year, we see a sharp uptick in interest as people uh, have new budgets for the year, make their resolutions to get their marketing in shape for the new year, those kinds of things, to a client of ours who does home services who finds that his business really falls off this time of year. And one of the real challenges when you have a seasonal business is just at the time that things are really heating up and really busy and you want to be out there and in front of people as much as you possibly can, you're so busy putting out fires that your marketing falls by the wayside. Well, that's one issue. Or by the time you realize that your business is falling off, that you don't have the kind of business that you want to have for that time of year, by the time you notice that, you're already behind the curve. It's already too late, not too late, but it's already going to be much more difficult to dig yourself out of that rut. Whereas with some more proactive marketing before the downturn hit, you could have uh, evened out that uh, dip. Also, just in general, the Monday morning, what do I write about mm-hmm. this week? Having a content calendar actually helps you make your writing time more productive. So let's talk about some of the things that you should think about when you're creating a content calendar. The biggest thing to think about when you're creating a content calendar is what matters to my customers and when does it matter to them. There are some topics that are what we call evergreen, and this is an old journalist phrase, it's nothing new. Basically it means a an item of content that can be published at any time and still be just as relevant. Um, so these might be, you know, for us that might be five tips for improving your marketing ROI, it might be any number of things. What wouldn't be evergreen content, for instance, is uh, five great tips for having the best Christmas ever. That's not going to play real well in January. Absolutely not. So as you're laying out your year, the first thing you really want to do is think about those time-sensitive topics. There are two kinds of time-sensitive news. There's the seasonality But there's also things that are time-sensitive because something that's happening in your business. Mm -hmm. You're opening a new office. You're launching a new product. Mm -hmm. And so really, at the beginning of the year, step back and start looking at your content calendar two, three, and four months before and after that launch. What kind of information do you need there in advance? And what kind of information should be out there afterwards? Right. So the first stop in your marketing calendar is listing out not only those major uh, holidays or major events like the Super Bowl or like Christmas or the 4th of July, whatever, but it's also mapping out what's going to be big in your business. So I would sit down and make a calendar listing of all of those in chronological order so you know the big dates that you're working with, and that's your starting point. From there, you can develop themes. If you only write a few blog posts every month, you can actually list out 
possibly the topics. For us, because we write five blog posts a week, I'm not going to sit here on January 1 and think about what do I need to be writing about in November, but what we did was we did come up with our landing pages and sort of our theme for the month. So one month it's going to be online advertising and another month it might be ROI and analytics. And now I know that rolling into February, I'm going to need to be researching online advertising. I'm going to need to develop content for the blog as well as some of our other marketing tools. Right. Essentially, this is letting you be proactive about your marketing. Because one thing that I find that many people do is they get to the day they need to be publishing something and have given it no thought whatsoever. That way they have no lead time if they need to work with someone else to develop some of the content. Like if you're going to do an infographic, you're going to develop a recipe, you're going to need some specialized photography for something. If you just wake up one morning and want it the next day, you're either going to pay through the nose for it and or you're going to be waiting a long period of time for it. So this really helps you get all of your ducks in a row so that you can have those blog posts or white papers or whatever it is in the can before they're sent. We did an interesting exercise for our own internal marketing that I think is going to make sense for some of our clients where we're doing a lot of landing page work. We identified 12 topics, one, one a month, that we're going to work on. We now know we need a landing page. We know we need a podcast. We know that we're going to need specialized graphics. And each of those things are now set into a schedule. It's not just a haphazard, oh, I'm going to do it, or as Allison said, yeah, I need to think about it. We've taken it a step further. We've looked at how long does it take to create each of those pieces. And planning out that calendar really lets you turn your marketing into a manufacturing system. And actually, we took it one step further. We're now working with a uh, time... What do, you, what do you call it? What do you call it? Insightly is a project management okay. system. We're now working, I don't want to go too far down the project management system rabbit hole, but using our project management system, which happens to be Insightly, but you can certainly use it with whatever tool you use, we went through for the entire year and mapped out, okay, we know on the second of the month, Jenna has to start on the graphics for this, and on the fifth of the month, Allison has to write the content for this. And so we no longer have to try to remember, because if you try to remember... Those sorts of marketing things are so easy to fall through the cracks. And the uh, the nice thing right now is I'm a little caught up. Surprisingly, I'm not quite sure how it happened, and I know it's not going to last. So I can look out and go, oh, what have we got coming up next? And we can do this for any of our clients. When we get caught up with our bean client, we can start working on our spring cookbook. If we have a few extra days well ahead of the deadline. Right, and this is also useful, uh, you can use this to map out the dates that you need something written by and approved by, so this really helps hold all parties accountable, because many times, whether you're like us, an agency, working with a company, or you are a worker bee in a larger company and you need things approved by your boss, many times the holdup isn't in the creation of the item, it's in the approval of the item, and so by having a hard a uh, hard date by which they have to say yes or no or edit this, you're really holding them accountable, and you can't underestimate how important that is. I have seen, well, I saw it this, this winter. We had several newsletters 
that were very timely, a Christmas newsletter and an email that would have been great right before the blizzard for a particular product and we couldn't get approval for the client and we watched as their competitors were active on social media and active in places where this client should have been active. And that's the kind of thing that just kills you. And you mentioned a good point. You mentioned the blizzard. Sitting here this time last year, none of us could have predicted the blizzard that we had in central Indiana this year. It was a once in 30 years event, and it was big news. If we had been locked into our content calendar and unwilling to change or alter it, we could have missed a big opportunity for some of our clients to capitalize on that current event. And that is the danger of a content calendar. So when you're thinking about your content, realize that you need to have two kinds of content. Proactive content, which is what goes on your content calendar, which is you looking into the future for easily predictable events, and then reactive content, which is uh, commenting or creating content around unexpected things. Well, somewhat unexpected, and let me give you an example. We did not know that we were going to get a foot of snow and sub-zero temperatures, Mm -hmm. but it's a pretty safe bet that at least once during the winter, Indianapolis is going to be buried under five inches Mm -hmm. of snow or six inches of snow and cold weather. Having a blog post, having an email, having some kind of clever graphic ready to roll the first time we got a big storm, we know we'll probably get a chance to use it. I had... uh, A client of ours was in the roofing business, and one year we had just a horrific hailstorm. By the time I got to work, I had an email from him that said, Hey, if you had hail damage, give me a buzz, and I'll schedule you. I'll come look at your roof. That email was not something he dreamt up that morning. He had that set up and ready to go in his constant contact, in his email system, knowing that as soon as we had a hailstorm, because we always do, he was going to send that newsletter. Right. So there are many unpredictable events that can be planned for. There will be some that will surprise you. Do be willing to go with the punches. But the cautionary tale about content calendars is don't be a slave to it. It works for you, not the other way around. So if a new opportunity comes up that's better, don't be afraid to cut bait and go for it. We... We move blog posts around all the time. Now, we use a, a scheduling tool, and I just saw another one that's a plug-in that's not necessarily for WordPress. The one we use is, but you can look at your week, your month, or your year at a glance, and you can literally drag and drop. So I know the blog post we're going to run a week from tomorrow. But if something unusual happens, if there's some kind of shake-up in the world of social media... Facebook goes bankrupt, or um, Flickr buys Instagram, whatever. I mean, whatever ridiculous or very serious thing. If it's something that we want to comment on, that we want to be on the cutting edge, I'm going to move Tuesday's blog post to the following Tuesday, and I'm going to drop in an article or a comment or something that I consider relevant on that day. You know, and there was another good uh, good example of this that I saw last night. Last night, as of when we're filming this, last night was the Golden Globe Awards. And uh, finally, Amy Poehler from Parks and Rec finally got an award for her amazing work on that show. 
within two minutes of her getting that award in her hot little hand out in California, their Facebook page, the Parks and Recreation Facebook page and Tumblr had been updated with a graphic saying, congratulations, Amy Poehler. Now you can bet your bottom dollar that they also had a graphic that said, we still love you anyway, Amy, in case she had lost. So those kinds of things, even when you don't know exactly what's going to happen, if you know that there are a finite number of options, win or lose, or you know some third option, have graphics, have content like that ready to throw up when you need it. The benefit of having a content calendar, and we've said it a couple of times in this podcast, and it can't be underestimated, it makes you look a hell of a lot smarter. I mean, you look like you're a marketing genius because you have content and information in a timely manner. And, you know, this is definitely part of the Internet, but the truth is this is, this is good marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, having a sale or a promotion or a television commercial or radio spot when something changes in the world has been a staple in marketing and advertising as long as I've been doing this work. It's just easier now. Yep. So, your content calendars, complicated? Oh, heck no. I do them in uh, Excel. And you don't even like Excel. I hate Excel. I tried (laughs) to do them in Word. People didn't like them, so I had to change to Excel. Uh, More and more we're seeing people do them in Google Docs so that they can be easily shared among people, and that's great. Um... Do it in whatever format works for you. If it works best for you to have one of those day-by-day printed calendars on your desk and have you manually write out everything, if that's what makes you happy, then you go for it. Um, whatever's go- whatever you're going to use. You know, one of the things that I've seen that works really well, especially in an organization where, and this, this works in an organization with a lot of visual people who are all in the same space. You can put a calendar, a giant calendar on a whiteboard or a bulletin board on the wall and take post-it notes and tack them up. So as people are sitting in their desk or have brainstorm ideas, you can throw them up on the wall and look at them too. If you've got one of those super trendy new chalkboard walls, you can do it there. It doesn't matter how you do it, but take a little bit of time. Even if you're just plotting out one blog post and one email every month, you'll be amazed at how much time and consternation that simple act will save you and how much better your marketing will be. So we're going to end now. We want you to go out and start filling in the blanks in your content calendar. Looking for a worksheet to help you get started? You can find a link to download a couple of examples of content calendars from Roundpeg. You'll find that link either in the blog post on morethanafewwords.com or you can also find it in the description on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, make sure that you hit that subscription button so you never miss any of our pearls of wisdom. Because they always want to hear from us. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.